All right. Funny pre-podcast joke insert here. <laughs> the line between light and dark is so very thin. And welcome back, Guardians, to another edition of Becoming Legend. What is up, everybody? How are you doing today? How's everybody doing today? Well, I want to welcome you back to episode now 17, 17 mm-hmm. episodes strong of Destiny lore, content, explanations, theories, questions, possible futures. That's definitely one that we're going to be talking about today is possible futures. Mm-hmm. If you are uh, following along, I want you to know that this is the very last episode we will have on season 14, season of the Splicer. It's been a wonderful season. I've had a great time. We've actually been talking about this one since episode 12. So mm-hmm. that's quite a lot of time with you know some crazy discoveries that we've made. Um, to catch you up a little bit on the story, I'm actually going to jump past jump past into previous seasons into season 13, the season of the chosen, because in that season, there was a being known as Ixil, the far reaching. You may remember him. Uh, He was a cabal scion who infiltrated a far seeing future device. Uh, I think I actually have it here. They had gotten control of a Vex prediction engine, if I remember correctly. The prediction engine. Uh, and they, the, this group of scions were able to use the prediction engine in order to see potential futures as calculated by the Vex. I got gotcha. you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for filling in that blank for me. Um, the prediction engine, exactly as Mr. Tweezy just stated, by the way, my name is Mr. Bird Up, didn't introduce myself. Nice to meet you. What's myself up? and Mr. Tweezy have found a similarity between a lore tab in season 14 and what is currently happening today. This lore tab is for my personal favorite sniper rifle at the, at the moment. I'm not lying. I really like this sniper rifle. The far future sniper rifle. In it, there are seven possible futures where Ixil saw things that might happen in this universe. And what he was trying to do was find a way to narrow down which future is going to become real so he can maneuver himself into a position of power. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Uh, We went down and destroyed him as guardians tend to do whenever there is the promise of loot at the end. However, we were able to see the futures which Excel saw for himself. And one in particular, I want to read very quickly. Excel. Mutineer, far-reaching, murderer, scion, prophet, future one. The tower burns, fallen in the streets, screaming. The hive witch dissembles, crackling portal, treachery, vex emerge, Zavala commands. If you've played the most recent weeks in the season of the Splicer, you may be familiar with most of these events. They actually occurred in the last weekly event that they gave to us where the Vex portal emerged in the city, causing chaos, causing a huge battle, 
causing uh, the death of one of our um, leaders and honestly, probably the greatest threat to the city since the Red War. Mr. Tweezy, would you like to fill us in on these events that have occurred? Yes. So uh, spoiler warning for those of you who have not yet engaged with this part of uh, of the season. But uh, when we were recording this, uh, as as Bird may or may not have alluded to earlier, this is literally we're, we're recording this on a Monday. This is the last day of the season uh, getting in these thoughts. Uh, basically, what ended up happening was that, uh, as we know, throughout the course of the season, the consensus uh, has been having disagreements with the Vanguard. Uh, as we know, the way that the city used to be run back before the Red War, there was the Vanguard, which was a combination of Hunter, Warlock, and Titan Guardians, uh, three emissaries from those. Uh, the Speaker, who was killed during the Red War by uh, Emperor Gaul. And then the the consensus consisted of the, the faction leaders, Lakshmi II, of uh, Future War Cult, and then we had uh, Dead Orbit and New Monarchy. And they all uh, spoke together and worked together to try and create a harmonious city that everyone can live in and that no one party had more power over the other. Guardians had power, but it's all about citizens because the Guardians protected them, blah, blah, blah. Um, throughout this past season, we have seen disputes between the the former consensus and the vanguard and how the city should be ran because we invited Mithrax and the rest of House Light to come and actually live inside the city. The the Elixni, uh the fallen as Lakshmi too and 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 her uh cohorts uh chose to view them uh are a a race of, of beings in which we have had long-standing fights with and so inviting the enemy into our gates is something that was seen as treacherous and all throughout the season we saw Lakshmi 2 and Ikora Ray battling back and forth about what we were going to do Ikora Ray was all about welcoming them into the city Lakshmi 2 was all about you know using Mithrax and, and the house light to uh, really dispel the endless night the spell that was put over the entire uh, tower uh, last city area by uh Coria, the undying mind uh that you know lakshmi was all about like using the the fallen in order to defeat the undying like the endless night but then the moment that that happened it was like okay send them on their merry way they're no use to us now that is not the stance of, of the vanguard as they exist so this culminated in the last week or so by lakshmi too deciding that the only way in which they were like that they were going to be successful in eliminating them was by opening a portal that Osiris showed how to do opening a portal to the Vex within the, you know, where the, the Elixni were opening a portal, inviting the Vex in to destroy them all. Uh, never minding the, the cost of human life that that's going to take on the rest of the city. Never mind the impacts of inviting a enemy and within the city gates and, and opening that portal. So that is, that is how that broke down. Lakshmi two invites the, the Vex in. It becomes an override mission in the last city. We go on bing, bang, boom. We win as always. And uh, in the, in the midst of the firefight, Lakshmi two is, is killed. Uh, the rest of the factions flee the city and Osiris has disappeared. The last we saw of Osiris, He's kind of standing over in one of the collapsed buildings, watching us with crossed arms before he walked away. And that 
is literally how the season ended. There's a couple of other things that that showed up that some intrepid uh some intrepid explorers were able to find. There is a friendly harpy who we now believe to be Asher Mir. Uh, there was predictions when Lakshmi 2 went into the mind forking device and, and made predictions about uh, what was going to happen to the city. One of those predictions involves uh, Asher speaking again. And there is a harpy that you can interact with uh, that uh, I, I can't remember who I saw broke this down. But basically, the the beautiful people at Raid Secrets who are super into Destiny turned down all the, the music volume, listened to the noises that the harpy makes and realized that it was Morse code for assistant, which is how Ashermir referred to us. And so they were able, that's how we know that Ashermir, who was taken by a Radiolorian virus who, that was transforming his arm when we last saw him, that's how we know, or that's how we think we know, rather, that Ashermir is now appearing in Vex form in front of us uh, as a way to continue to try and help. But I think that's like a good recap of, of where we're at, pretty much. Like, you know, the, the factions are gone. No more faction rallies. Not that we've had them in three years. Um, it's nice to have a lore it, explanation for that. It is. It really is. It's nice that it's actually tied into the game and not something that the devs did just because it wasn't working anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, that, where that leaves us right now is in this questioning place. Um, on a, on a lot of different fronts, just regarding the city, not even regarding what we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit with the next season. Um, with the factions being gone from the city, with, this, with no new speaker, um, you know, the city very much is run by the Vanguard now. And, and how well will this take off? You know, for years, it has been a collaboration between Guardians and regular everyday citizens. Um, but there is no longer a voice at the table for the citizens within the last city. So will this lead to Zavala, as you alluded to earlier, actually stepping into command and, and really taking a bigger role uh, around the city? Uh, hopefully, maybe St. 14 will as well. Who knows? Um, it, it leads us to questions about, uh, you know, unfortunately, Lakshmi 2 attacking the, the Elixni that lived within the city shows that the, the Elixni still aren't fully trusted by humanity. Will they continue to be our allies uh, moving forward? Like, again, we've continued to attack them. And yes, St. 14 and Amanda Holiday, you know, like everybody came out of the woodworks to, to help defend the city and help protect the Elixni. But, uh, you know, members of humanity, you know, exos or whatnot, did uh, like instigate an attack. So... How much can we be trusted? These are the questions that we, we get to start asking ourselves going into the next season and into the next expansion when we get that information. But yeah, that's, I think that's... Did I miss something from this season? There's, you know... I don't think there was really anything big. It's, at the point where we're at right now, I mean, even from two episodes ago, we really thought that was the end of the season. So this last yeah. event really was unexpected. And... Uh, kind of brings more storylines together in the classic Destiny and Bungie fun, uh, function is they bring everything together just enough to create more questions to find out what's going to happen next, where everybody's going to split apart. So yep. um, one part of this, this uh, story, how I want to see unfold into the next season is Saint-14. It's mm -hmm. uh, interesting that you mentioned, will humanity... Uh, continue to trust the elixir. Will these attacks on them stop on 
House Light, which uh, according to Zavala in one of the Lord tabs, the plan for House Light was actually to move them in into the city, no longer living in mm-hmm. the Elixir quarters. They wanted it to be, you know, you live wherever you want, get an apartment, you know, you pay your rent, be nice to your neighbors, just everybody be, you know, treat each other with some sort of dignity, right? Yeah. But is that really going to happen because of the violence that we've seen and the nature and all the stories that we've heard about the fallen for years? I want to say most of those attacks should stop because at this point, Sate 14 after this um, attack in, in the Elixir quarter is really, really, really sticking his neck out for the Elixir at this point. He's He was one of the most vicious leaders, one of the most, you know, ruthless um kind of soldiers who would destroy Elixni and you know several wars go out and just known as the destroyer and for him to turn around and start speaking for the Elixni to say hey um I was mistaken in the past and we can trust these guys if you trust me Saint 14 and I say you can trust these guys then I'm really hoping that 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 word actually stands for something and at least the majority of guardians exos and city you know, we'll listen to that. There, there's going to be some defectors, of course, but I think the city in general should start to trust House Light, you know, if not all Elixir. But another story that interests me in Sate 14 is now Osiris has gone missing. Mm-hmm. Um, to our viewers and listeners out here, you may or may not know this. Um, Osiris and Saint 14 are canonically lovers. They are actually a couple. And Mm -hmm. there are some really great stories about them in the past and how their relationships are, how they communicate, how St. 14 writes poems to what he calls his, um, his, sorry, his, not his Phoenix. Thank you. His Phoenix. It's the Phoenix. Because the lore book that we read about a lot of this is the Phoenix and the Sparrow, I think. Correct. The Phoenix and the Pigeon. One of those. Yes. It's a bird. It's a bird and another bird. Yes. So Osiris has broken the laws of time has really been bent the light in every way possible has done everything he could in order to bring saint 14 back and saint 14 is aware of this so i think he is going to put the same type of conviction in order to finding osiris and finding his phoenix and bringing him home and understanding hey you need to come home and explain to the guardians that you that is not your fault that the vex came through that you did not intentionally plan this but right now Osiris is looking pretty sus, as we've been saying for several episodes now. And I'll even eat my own words where I said, no, Osiris, no, no, no. He has his reasons uh, that I've completely yeah. changed uh, my point. And uh, Mr. Tweezy brought up some excellent points. I would definitely recommend going back to the Osiris episode and just understanding the points that are going on there. But now you have an interesting dynamic where Saint-14 is still in love with his partner Osiris, but Osiris seems to be returning none of that. And even their conversations that we get to read now in the lore are completely different from the conversations that we've seen before, which goes to further the the theory, which is Osiris could be corrupted by Savathun, if not a skin worn by Savathun. But we will definitely find out more of this tomorrow. Uh, August 24th, by the way, is the new reveal of the witch queen dlc and season 15 at the same time so it's going to be a huge day for lord tomorrow um we're just really putting our final thoughts into wrapping up season of the splicer and i'm sorry i'm rambling but it's a lot 
it's just so much that's going on right now. How do you feel about what is going to happen in the future between Saint-14 and Osiris? What may happen? Uh, also, sorry if it looked weird that I was like going in and out of the camera. I realized I was like, oh, my camera's out of focus. And I was trying to find a way to, uh, to do that without uh, being suspicious. Uh, I, okay, I do wonder about that you know like there's been rumors for for a bit before they officially announced the name of the season that it was going to be season of the lost and that part of the season was going to to focus around saint 14 uh and his quest to save zavala you know we also saw that ikora herself is not giving up on zavala is not saying that zavala is a bad person everything looks really bad but we haven't gotten Zavala's side or not Zavala. I'm so sorry. Uh, Osiris. Osiris. Uh, we have not gotten Osiris's part of the story yet, but Ikora has, has come out and said, you know, like uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how to feel about him. Uh, I just want you to get him back so we can, we can get answers. You know, uh, is he corrupted? Is he Sabathun in, in a different form? Um, who knows right now? You know, that, that is the big question. Is he is he in fact sane and working on behalf of Marasov in order to push the Guardians and humanity into a situation that he is foreseen that gives us more of an advantage that maybe he can't explain right now? You know, there, there's a lot of questions and a lot of it is because Osiris has become a, like a, a key figure over the last year. You know, it was two years ago. Uh, I want to say uh, in Shadowkeep, season of Arrivals, season of the Dawn, season of the Dawn is I think the season. Mm -hmm. uh, season of the Dawn is the season in which we go to Mars, we visit the Sundial, we realize why the Sundial has been built, and we we utilize the Sundial to you know not <laughs> only oh whatever <laughs> <laughs> sorry whatever uh, it, it's a dead planet now so it who cares. Is. Uh, uh, go to Mercury, do the sundial, and uh, you know not only uh, interact with Saint Fourteen at various points in his journey as a guardian, but ultimately bring back Saint Fourteen from the dead uh, by pulling him out of a an old timeline. Uh, I'm I'm very curious to see how they're going to play with this uh, and play with Osiris and Saint because also uh, Osiris uh, has been seen as a, a wizened old figure. Not only was he the best PvP, but he is one of the best minds that the city has to offer. He had multiple followers. You know, uh, that is why Trials of Osiris is a thing, is because the followers of Osiris decided to create PvP combat in order to glorify him in, in a weird sort of way. Um, Osiris is... You know, the person that was the advisor to Zavala sitting behind him during the the interactions that we had with Keitel, you know, uh, during uh, everything that was happening with Spider and Crow, like Osiris is, is there in the background. So. I, I think this is uh, going to be something that they're going to hit on a lot more. We do know based off of uh, the images that have been shown for. Uh, the next season that Osiris will be an, a cutscene of some kind with Marasov. We know that Marasov is coming back. Uh, we know that we're going to spend a lot of our time this next season at the Dreaming City. Uh, and we know that Osiris shows up. But we don't know anything past that at this moment. And, and that is really 
more of, of what I want to, to learn about, you know, like, is he corrupted? Is he Savathun or is he secretly being the villain in order to be the hero later? You know, I think the community split between, uh, you know, taken or, you know, like corrupted or, or whatnot, but I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited to see what they do with his character throughout the rest of this, of this year. Uh, hopefully it, it, it ends in a redeeming way, but given the way that this last year has been, I, I feel highly confident that, that that's not going to be an issue. But yeah. So yeah. I've kind of spoiled a little bit of what we were going to talk about next, <laughs> I think. Um, but before we get to that, um, the last episode that we, we did, we, Spent a little bit of time talking about the TWABs. There was a, there was a number of big changes, uh, and I made a prediction that was wrong. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about my wrong prediction, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what, uh, what happened because I was wrong. For those of you that listened to the last episode, you know that I predicted that because we talked about mods, because we talked about crossplay, because there was a large PvP thread on Twitter talking about the changes coming to PvP and, and trials, I thought that the next TWAB, the, the penultimate TWAB for a uh, season of the Splicer was going to be about changes to uh, Trials of Osiris and, and really letting us know how they're going to improve that game mode. Uh, and I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. Uh, it turns out that uh, one of the things that people have been talking about for a bit is true. And uh, the TWAB came out to talk about weapons and weapon tuning and, and the kinds of changes that we honestly, we haven't really seen this much text about things in a while, you know. So uh, I think we can kind of talk about this like at length, but we can kind of also hit on the high points. The biggest high point for me, and I'm curious what your thought is, because we haven't really talked about this. Mm -hmm. um, primaries, kinetics, you know, white brick weapons now have infinite ammo uh and as a player who has run out of ammo during all sorts of encounters uh i cannot begin to tell you how excited this makes me uh that maybe one day i won't have to worry about running out of ammo in the middle of a hard encounter and yes. having to just kind of be like either kill me or i'm just gonna like wait around for two minutes until you reload me with a little bit of everything so what are your thoughts? Uh, that was actually one of the main things that I, I really noticed. To, to me, that is the biggest singular change. There are tons of minor changes and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. buffing weapons, nerfing weapons, a couple changes yeah. to adjustments in gameplay here and there. But to me, this is going to be the biggest impact is the fact that you no longer will run out of kinetic ammo. And as Mr. Tweezy said, especially in high level events, this happens frequently. Anything where you really have to spam your your hand cannon or your scout rifle or something and you're not really doing that much damage. Yeah, you're going to run out of ammo for sure. I can speak just yesterday, by the way, I'm going to take a moment just to plug the Becoming Legend Discord and Clan. Newly created cross play. Give us a join link in the Discord. We ran our first uh, Garden of Salvation yesterday and I I was running out of ammo Every run, you know, yeah. we were taking a little bit of extra time at the boss. We were teaching some uh, new players, which this is why you want to take a look at our discord. If you're a new player and you need people to run you through certain events, that's definitely going to be us. We'll talk more about that later. Anyway, 
the fact that you're no longer going to run out of kinetic ammo just just really changes everything. It will actually change the way some exotics function as well. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's it's really going to be interesting, especially now that the fact that they are changing some of the champion mods for next season. One of them I'm particularly looking forward to is my all time favorite. Uh, it is the bow with overload on it overload bow i'm a bow main i personally love bows bows haven't been shown love in a couple seasons but any chance you give me to use a bow i'm gonna take it so now i will have unlimited overload bow ammo so throw me in throw me a grandmaster nightfall (laughs) with overloads i'm your guy for sure yeah you know that definitely opens up some options for the player for the players out there Another yeah. uh, this thing that I wanted to touch on that they showed was we are going to have more stasis kinetic weapons. Mm-hmm. I really was uh, interested when they introduced Cryothesia, the uh, Season of the Splicer exotic sidearm, in case some of you don't know. It's pretty cool. What it does is you can, you can pull the trigger and shoot people like regular, but if you press and hold the trigger, it'll fire a freezing shot. But when it does that, it, it eats your entire mag. So you typically want to do that on the last shot or when you're about to kill somebody. Anyway, it did introduce this new type of gameplay mechanic to the game where you can have an energy weapon and a stasis weapon. Now they're saying that we're going to have more legendary stasis weapons. I really want to see how this will affect the PvE in particular. They did say as far as PvP, it won't affect it that much as far as slowing your enemies when you shoot them. But in PvP, this means you'll be able to apply stasis abilities without necessarily having to run that subclass, opening yeah. up a ton more options and, and stack that with some stasis mods and see what kind of damage you can do. So, yeah, um, yeah th- those are probably the top two things that, that I noticed that really caught my eye. Was there something that is there anything else that caught your eye that you wanted to speak about in this update? Uh- you know, the things that that caught my eye past that is, is just a general uh, we are working on uh, actually making frames uh, of fusion rifles actually matter in a substantial way. Uh, I don't know how many people actually look at the frame that they're you like that they get with their their fusion rifles, because really it hasn't really made that big a difference in charge times or uh, damage or, or, you know, like multiple shots like none of that has really mattered. Uh, but for the first time, uh, they're actually taking a look at fusion rifles and kind of reworking the fusion rifle system so that fusion rifles like th- those kinds of frames and stuff matter, uh, which is great because that's like as you get further and further uh, deep into destiny and really caring about your your numbers and min maxing. Like these are the things that you need to start thinking about uh, as far as what you're going to equip for for what circumstance past that. Uh, I like the fact that we're changing all the perks. Obviously, it needs to happen now that uh, kinetics and, and primaries have unlimited uh, white brick ammo. So it doesn't make sense for some of the, the perks to, to roll the way that they do. Um, and that is something that I'm going to watch uh, next season when they roll this out. Because will this be retroactive to guns that I have in my vault that already have? uh these these perks on them you know i'm talking i think like was hip fire not hip fire grip that wasn't one of them uh but you know there there is all of the the extended mag ones uh and and those are are getting a rework and so i wonder if it's going to work retroactively as well or or if this is just going to be moving forward and i have to uh, get some new weapons who knows yeah that's 
Pass that. Like, there's a lot of individual changes to a lot of individual exotics, but all of this is is more just to to fit in line with uh, one the primaries becoming infinite, and two the overall uh, design mission that we have been told from from the devs uh, and the sandbox team saying that they want Destiny to be more focused on gunplay again and not so much focused on abilities. So uh, a lot of these changes that we're seeing are they fall in line with that de- with that design philosophy. So I, I think we're in a great place. I'm I'm excited to to get my hands on it tomorrow and and really see how all this stuff feels, man. So me too. I'm I'm extremely yeah. excited. Um, there is one one more thing I wanted to pull from the TWAB. Uh, a, a kind of side effect that I don't think anybody was really expecting. Me me in particular. They are updating the prophecy dungeon. They are adding a new uh, weapon pool to the prophecy oh, dungeon, yeah. which before you would you know the armor was it was pretty cool, but it's not it's not my all-time favorite but what they're doing is adding the original trials of the nine weapons if you remember when destiny 2 very first launched and uh it was trials of the nine not trials of osiris and we actually had some separate maps in the uh in space it was in a galaxy nobody knew where it was controlled by the nine and there were specific weapons that you got from that event those weapons have since been pulled from the game and it really had no work, no, nothing for you to do with them, no reason to run them. They are being relaunched with this uh, dungeon with uh, new roles that you can get for it and new perks. Um, there's a sniper that looks pretty sick and <laughs> uh, and looking at the shotgun right now, like I think I'm, I'm really going to run the sniper, the auto rifle, auto rifle and the shotgun. So yeah. if you need more reasons to go back and do the Prophecy Dungeon, just in case they happen to pull that pinnacle from the Prophecy, which is totally possible with the new season, mm-hmm. you can still go back and get those new weapons, which you can use for your PvP and PvE endgame activities. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited to see those and figure out what the god rules on those are. Yes. Uh, because, yeah, like, uh, Trials of the Nine was not all that great when it launched. Uh, there was an emote that I think I think single handedly it was the Ministry of Silly Walks emote that led to uh, Trials of Nine being pulled because I don't think it was the only thing, but it was like a major bug that I remember you could phase through the walls with mm-hmm. the Ministry of Silly Walks emote and then, you know, just camp out in, in the hidden areas of the map. So uh, I am glad that this is getting a callback. I, I am excited to see what kind of lore that they put on these weapons as well. Yes. Uh, and, and are we going to continue to get to learn more about the nine as a result of that or, or what? So, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah, next season's exciting. Let me tell you. It really is. It really is. I mean, even just coming back a little bit more to a lore perspective without the, without the TWAB, the fact that Marasov is joining into the picture does open up the possibility of us learning more about the nine as I've, believe that mara has met with the nine before or definitely has sent the embassy whenever she left in previous seasons to create a meeting with the nine so at this point she would have met with them and you know maybe we'll find out more about the plan what is really going on with the nine um we haven't had a chance to fully go into them as as i would like to but one thing that people should know about the nine is they are not a collective of nine um primordial beatings of gods they actually split into two factions one supporting the darkness and one supporting the light we don't really know who marasov is working with we don't know who she's been talking to we don't know what kind of deals have been made um you know it would be nice to know what our destiny is if what they're trying to set for us so we can have a say in is this how we want our future to happen or not do we want 
the darkness to wipe everything out? Do we want to support the traveler, which the, the, the gardener is breaking the rules of the game? It's some complicated dynamics. And we're just going to find out a lot more in season 15. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have more questions, too, because the August mm-hmm. 24th reveal event seems to be survive the truth is the catchphrase that they've chosen. So mm-hmm. what what is the truth? Mm. Which is know. funny, you know, that we talk about that. We're you know, obviously we can talk about the fact that tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, August twenty fourth, uh, is the reveal stream. So if you're listening to this, obviously you know what happened already. We're just you know speaking into the future here. Yeah. Uh, there is two live streams happening tomorrow. There is the pre-show at eight p or eight a.m. Pacific, which is my time, and then there is the the reveal stream. Uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and what's exciting about those is that it's it's two hours of Destiny. It's or like, you know, an hour, 30 minutes with 15 minutes of like break in between. I don't know how this is going to work out. Um, but what we know or what we need to know is, is this. Uh, Season of the Lost is about to take place. We know nothing about Season of the Lost. For the first time going into the season, we do not have a, a clear idea of what is going to happen in the season, what the new weapon's going to be, kind of what the new gameplay arc, the new match-made activity is going to be. We have mm-hmm. zero clue other than the fact that Marasov is coming back. It feels as if, thanks to our activities this past year, or especially this past season, the the community's current theory is that we are going to be going back to the Dreaming City. It's going to be very Dreaming City-focused. And we are going to potentially break the curse on the Dreaming City. Like, we don't know. Uh, The more exciting thing, as we all know, is the reveal stream of the Witch Queen, the new expansion that will be dropping uh, in February, I think, of of 2022. Um, You know, this is the new season with a new subclass, we hope, uh, where we really face off against Sabathun for the first time. They dropped a teaser today showing us her back. And wow, that's, that's all I, I really need to say. Wow, mm-hmm. we're in mm-hmm. for some stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, but what's interesting because you said, you said, remember, or like they keep harping on truth, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, this is this is uh not researched all memory. Um, there was a, a lore entry, or there was a series of lore entries that we were given called from the books of truth that. Uh, dealt with a lot of different things. It's the reason why we believe that there was, uh, uh, I think, a a 15th uh, wish. I think it's also the reason why some people thought if they did a certain amount of damage to a boss at a certain amount of time, it was going to spawn something. Um, The Books of Truth, we we recognize as as, as kind of being propaganda from Sabathun. Right. So uh, everything's kind of tying together, you know? Like, I'm I'm, I'm curious to see how how this is going to play out, uh, what her truth is is and and what that means for us in our relationships with uh, everything moving forward uh, because we're you know we're moving towards it absolutely but then we at the end of the day we need to decide do we believe what truths she may reveal to us or not as she is the god of deception yeah anything that she tells you could be a lie or she could be telling you the truth right to your face, but you'll think it's a lie because that's what she's known for. That's how she generates her power. Um, it's actually a known fact 
about her, especially with recent lore, that she tends to fight with, she prefers to fight with words than with weapons. She would rather confuse the heck out of you and have that confusion feed her worm, giving her power. You know, she doesn't need to kill you. She's actually, right now as we speak, walk, walking around our city, prying the minds of our civilians. As you can see in um, the, uh, what is it, skin? The uh, Endless type? Night lore book. Uh, I think it's like beneath the endless night or something like that. Yeah. The, the seasonal lore book that you unlocked entries for every week when you completed uh, override missions and all the expunge mission, all that fun stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's for week seven. I remember that I'm forgetting the title of it, but oh, you, yeah. you can go back to week seven and, and read that. And she's right now out there just, you know, reading everybody's minds, collecting their soul, uh, gathering power for her worm, creating confusion where there doesn't need to be. Um, there was actually one uh, civilian that seemed to have caught her having a moment where she may have slipped in her form or she was throwing up black gaseous vomit. And she thought, should I kill this person or should I let him go? And she decided just to pry his mind instead. She literally, she just lied to him with words, didn't even use any hive magic. And he's like, oh, cool, whatever. But that ignorance, that all cool, whatever, just writing it off actually get, gives her power. So mm -hmm. what we, we really fall back to what we were stating earlier. What is the truth? What is the real truth? Can we pierce through whatever information she is trying to present to us in order to find what may be going on on the other side? And what if she gives us some information that the light or the traveler may not exactly be what we thought it was? As she seems to look at the traveler as a tool, not a god, which mm -hmm. it it kind of is from the right perspective. So, I'm the, I'm really just building up questions upon questions for myself and for the listeners. Just just yeah. really think about these things, y'all. Like, what exactly are we going to find out tomorrow, and how is that going to relate to when how everything actually pans out in February? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are the questions, you know, and and I think. Uh, what we will see tomorrow, uh, hopefully we don't see too, too much, you know, like they, yeah, they are going to show not. us as much as they can. But like, I also, because of the way that the story has been told, uh, over the past year, I I'm also in a position where I'm like, I don't want to know story wise, like what we're talking about here. Like, I, I don't want to get a, a, like a clear picture of a lot of things. I, I want just like a general overview of everything. And then I want to kind of go into it fresh. I don't want to know if like, I don't want to see Osiris, you know? Right. Because if I see Osiris, then that means that Osiris is going to survive the next season, you know, like questions, you know, right. or if we see Osiris and he's kidnapped, then we know, you know, but I, I am just definitely excited for or what truth she's going to reveal over the last, you know, a couple of years, actually, ever since Shadowkeep, a lot of what we have, quote unquote, known uh, has been thrown into question. You know, the first time that we interact with the with the darkness, they they uh, come in front of us and say, we are your salvation. You know, when we interact with a strange object that you can find in the pyramid and the weird pyramid ship at the moon, you know, like that. the last little bit of that cutscene is is we are your salvation, you know, and what are they saving us from? What, you know, is is. Is Sabathun on that same path? 
is Sabathun just trying to figure out whatever she needs to do so that she can break herself and her connection from her worm so that she can live her life how she wants to? Who knows? The thing with Sabathun that I think is interesting is that we always talk about Sabathun as being like the goddess of trickery, right? And, and of deception. Mm-hmm. But at that same time, I also think of her as being uh, the goddess of cunning because the way in which she chooses to fight, she ju- she manipulates the situation so that she comes out ahead. And that's really the best way to describe it. She's the one that puts the whisper in the minds of the advisors at Toro Batal and or Toro Bottle and, you know, causes them to open up a portal for the hive to come through with Zebu Arath and, and destroy the home planet, like leading to the, you know, like, you know, Kaidal and, and her legion of Cabal joining us in the soul system and kind of having a weird alliance that's not an alliance. You know, it's, it's more of like a, hey, you don't mess with me, we won't mess with you anymore kind of thing. You know? Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm curious about what, like, you know, the, the way that the, the chessboard is being set between us and Savathun. What are the moves that she has already made and, and where is that leading us? And, and kind of what can we do to, to get around it? And what is going to be her interaction with Marasov? I'm pretty sure they both know of each other. You know, both strong, independent women don't need no man. Uh, you know, is there room for both of them in this universe? And if not, who is going to prevail? Questions. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Strong questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, now that we're, we, I've talked about Marasov enough, uh, I kind of want to get your opinions on this next season, season of the Lost. What, like, if we can get one prediction that we can go back when we do this episode again mm-hmm. for next season, right? Uh, we'll, we'll actually go back and look at the notes. So what is your prediction? What, uh, what one thing do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, I'll- over the course of the season. This might be uh, an, an easy answer, but almost every season, season of the X, season of the Chosen, mm-hmm. season of the Splicer, season of the Dawn, season of whatever, mm-hmm. it it almost directly relates to us, the player guardian. So mm-hmm. just because it, it's, it's season of the Lost, I'm going to say we are going to make some sort of discovery that we are the Lost Ones or... And not necessarily lost by misguided or or like physically lost, like lost in the galaxy, lost in space, danger, Will Robinson, like not exactly like that. But maybe we're lost in our belief in the traveler. Maybe we're lost in the side of who is right, who is wrong, what is right, what is wrong in this universe. Right now, currently, um, I would say there is a little bit of a you could say a split, like even in this example with Osiris, the vanguard and the city has no clue that he's possibly been corrupted. No idea. So to, to them, this is just a complete, you know, unforeseen event. Whereas for us, it's like, oh, yeah, we kind of saw this coming because we, we got to read about it. Well, I think it's going to be the same where it's more about the in-game characters learning the things that we, the lore buffs, already know or, or already assume, at least. And that is that the light maybe cannot be fully trusted. Maybe we'll even have another conversation with the light. We haven't had one since um, the season of the hunt. 
really. And that was just one little mission where it sent us a bird to get a, a gun. Then really, oh, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe we'll have a conversation with the light and get its perspective. Maybe we'll get more um, knowledge or theories from Savathun or from the darkness, from their perspective on the light. I don't know. That's kind of what I think. The see, I, my prediction is going to be it's going to be about what is right and what is wrong in this in the grand scheme of things in a war between multiverses of two gods who clearly don't care. Who, who do we support and how important is this battle with Savathun when the Gardener and Winnower are still out there? So maybe it'll be about that. Okay. What do you think? Okay. What, what would you want to predict? Uh, I'm going to take an easier one because uh, uh, I can't. <laughs> so right. we know that Marasov is coming back. And obviously Marasov coming back means that we are going to have the inevitable interaction between Marasov and the Crow, former Aldrinsov, former brother, former uh, prince of the Awoken. Uh, we... I'm pretty sure that we that like, you know, Mara knows a little bit about what's happened to her brother, mm -hmm. but I don't think that she is fully aware of what has happened or what has transpired, how he got to the situation where he was in and, and how he got to this moment, because, you know. We are the ones that pulled the trigger or well, it was it was left in question. Was it us? Was it Petra? Who knows? Um, but one of the two of us shot Aldrin and killed him. Um, and is this going to be something that Marasov can forgive? Is this going to be something that Marasov can can get over? Obviously, we're going to talk about all that this season. So my predictions are this. Because of the interactions between the two, uh, we do know that there is a history of some characters in the Destiny lore having an understanding of their past lives. The most prominent one, of course, is Anna Bray. When we first met Anna Bray at Warmind, we knew that she was a hunter guardian who knew that, like, who had come to and saw that she had a Bray Tech, like, ID badge identifying her as Anna Bray. And as a result, that is what led her to Mars to search for some information about her past. Because Marasov knows Aldrin's past. My question or my prediction will be Aldrin Sov will have an like, you know, for for all of this time, Aldrin Aldrin's real identity has been kept hidden from the city and he does not know what he did. Uh, and I think this is going to be the season where that all changes. I think this is going to be the season where Aldrin Sov learns that his past life, he killed Cade six, the hunter Vanguard, you know. Which also will lead to uh, the Cade Stare and, and the, you know, the potential for uh, the Crow to succeed or succeed, yeah, succeed Cade Six as being the next Hunter Vanguard. I, I think all of these things are going to tie together in a beautiful way. And maybe um, we will get to learn more about, about Aldrin Sov and his relationships with his sister and, and all of that as a result of this interaction. But I think this is going to be the season where. Aldrin gets outed to everybody and it puts Aldrin in the perspective, like in the position to become the new Hunter Vanguard. If the Vanguard stays, which I'm still not convinced, but yeah, that's, that's my prediction. That is my prediction for the next season. Man, I'm going to strongly root for your prediction, honestly. Like, wow, I'm just, <laughs> I'm picturing this entire thing in my head. And, and one thing that I really thought is I 
really like the moments in the lore where you get to see a flicker of humanity in Marasov. Most mm-hmm. of the time, she's stoic. She's, uh, she's very calculated in everything, yeah. and even how she expresses herself, the words she uses, which she actually learned from Riven. She learned mm-hmm. from a dragon that words have actual power in this universe and can imply what you imply. Basically, you need to be careful what you wish for and how you speak. So after almost millennia, definitely centuries, if not millennia from Marasov of, of being this way, there are small moments where you get to see her um, be herself, where you get to see her kind of act freely. Uh, one, one example would be the argument that she gets into with her brother when he returns from the Black Garden and she knows that the Black Garden tends to corrupt. And she shows a moment of... of like remorse and and she's like sad that he went there and had to experience this so what i'm going with this is will we get to experience another moment like that where she has to let her guard down because she's encountering her dead now risen brother will she crack and let a little moment of humanity through what will that mean for us who knows man who knows knows? all i know is that i'm excited for tomorrow i i cannot wait extremely uh, excited to watch all of this stuff and to, to get an idea of, of not only where are we going for the next uh f- oh lots of months holy crap it's gonna be a long long season y'all yeah but uh that being said i i am excited for the season i'm excited for uh this next expansion i'm excited for everything that they're going to show us because this past year of destiny as we continue to talk about on this podcast uh has been one of the best uh, storytelling seasons that we've experienced as Guardians in the last seven, eight years that I've been playing. So yes. we're going to keep this momentum going. But yeah, man. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. So it's going to be amazing. Yeah. But All right. I think we are uh, running out of topics for the end of the season. I mean, final yeah. closing yeah, thoughts. The season was great. The The lore mm-hmm. was absolutely wonderful. This you know, enabled us to have these conversations and wonder what's going to happen next and see if they continue the great content that they've been. But yeah. in the meantime, you guys know exactly where to come to find out our renditions of the lore, our explanation of what's going on. Stick around for sure for episode 18 coming soon to mm-hmm. a podcast station near you, where we will give our thoughts on the beginnings of season 15, what things have changed, what guns do you need, what missions do you need? How do we feel mm-hmm. about the fact that Osiris is blankety blank blank? We'll find out next episode. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. But I appreciate y'all sticking through to the end. As always, remember, we will link the discord. You are free to join. You can join the discard tomorrow if you want. You can just yeah. join the discord on Friday. Do you want to talk about this episode? Do you want to talk about what things in the game are exciting to you right now? Do you have theories that maybe nobody will listen to? I'll listen to him. Mr. Tweezy will listen to him. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Hop on in. Become legends yeah. with us. Yeah. You know, we're, we're always looking for new members. We'll start recruiting more as we go on. But yeah, man, I think that does it for us. I think I think so. Mm-hmm. All right. Catch us on the feeds. Obviously, like, follow, uh, leave five stars as a rating. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. We are always uh, looking to get better. Uh, follow us on our socials you know join the discord all of that information of course in the show notes so yeah with that guys we'll we'll see you guys in the next one bye later